Hi everybody and welcome to our review of the J Electronica and possibly slash Jay-Z album. Uh, what's it called? Uh, the Written Testimony. <laughs> that's what it's called. Yes, so that is the album we are here to talk about. It's my great blunder. I'm sorry. We are going to get into the episode, but we start with a caveat. It's coronavirus time. We're just going to do it. We're just coming in right off the jump. Yes, we are going to talk about a written testimony by Jay Electronica, track by track, giving you our thoughts and opinions on every song. This is the Headspace podcast. What else are we going to do up in here? Episode well, 160. Well, what else we are going to do is talk about the coronavirus and toilet paper. So my name is Holden Stefan Roy. My name is Chris Chrome. What's up, guys? So anyway, um, I am sitting there at work going, literally, this is what happened to me. I'm going, man, we don't even need to talk about toilet paper. We good. Everything fine. Everything fine. And as I'm like sitting there being like, I am never going to be one of those stock up on toilet paper messages. I didn't consider one thing, folks. I get a message from the great your lady friend, Bonnie, whom is my better half and proceeds to go. I got a lot of toilet paper. And I was like, wow. Right. I was like mid sentence kind of mocking the situation. But then I thought to myself, what a way to advertise to the world that should things get real bad that we got toilet paper up in here so we are set but like i'm sitting here going i mean this is this is a long time's worth of toilet paper like this is a nuts about like this is a lot like i mean even with an excessive rate and i'm being like ah, heavy liberal right this is a lot more <laughs> than quarantine period 14 30 day crap like this is over a month's supply in my opinion like i hope I don't know. But here's the thing. I like to clean with toilet paper, so I'm pretty, like, liberal with my toilet paper use. It's not always for, like, you know, cleaning my body. I mean, if you're using it just for the bathroom, this yeah. is a lot. Like, this like, is a lot. But if you're going to use it to no, clean no, no, up I messes mean, like, and shit. So, like, like I, I use, like, toilet paper to clean the sink and the toothpaste right. and all that. So, it does go a little quicker than, say, just basic bathroom use. But still, it is a lot. Like, although this brand, I think it's Royale or some crap. It's garbage. It just completely unravels by itself. It'll be on the toilet paper. Anyway. This stuff is kind of wonky, but apparently it's good for album reviews on YouTube because Quebec is in a place where we are basically uh, like on the verge of having Montreal shut down quarantine. Like our event that we wanted to throw is it's not likely going to happen in a week because um, as it is, anything with more than 250 people is shut down. So that's kind of bizarre uh i'm working from home for the next two weeks which is crazy bonnie is too and this is nuts because i'm going to work because it's totally gonna like show a bunch of billionaires that were actually a lot more productive at home and they're gonna they're gonna fuel the vr revolution of destroying corporate real estates and whatnot stop so I'm sitting there and I log into my RRSP and I lost a lot of money. Like I lost and it was like a week and I'm like, that's cool. Cause I'm going to go throw more into my RRSP. So when it bounces back, it goes at a higher rate than if I didn't do this. Well, question. Cause I was having a conversation with my father and he was saying that this is going to be a great economic impact with this. Virus. Uh -huh. Like, how do you see that playing out just from, what I you mean, know? here's the thing. It really depends, man. Let's say in Quebec, cause it's all like, set up based on where you are like just some concerning things personally basically each little city is its own like pocket right it's its own little area where the virus can spread and have different like impacts and whatnot and so i mean based on the economic impact is gonna kind of be based on how each 
area kind of responds to it but if you were to ask my opinion it's kind of weird how like in the united states or americas and whatnot there is not a lot of testing going on just due to perhaps it's the lack of testing or whatever it is but what i think is going to happen is that the hospitals and this is just based on what like went down and what's going on in italy so like in italy um you have like all these old folk that are just kind of dying at alarming rates because the hospitals are so flooded. They only have this much oxygen and, and supplies and whatnot. And like, that means that when younger people come in, so like 50 year old dude comes in with coronavirus right now, he might die. But if we give him the oxygens and whatnot, he lives. Or like 75 year old man comes in who has way less of a chance of surviving this. They're kind of not even diagnosing these people. So what, there's a lot of things that could happen. If the hospitals aren't prepared for the situation, basically we flood the hospitals and we replicate that here i mean in quebec there are currently 20 something cases it's not like nuts yet but if we uh, disregard the safety measures and we don't act like proper and we create these like super carriers you can google south korea's patient 31 to see the potential disastrous nature of just one person who is like got the infection that's just traveling around popping around in public paces and whatnot i mean for me it's like it's nuts i have to think about this because i just like ethical burden that got put on me because i'm promoting a concert on march 20th that can still like happen within like this period of extreme caution and coronavirusness so I don't know, it kind of put me in a weird state of mind just considering the implications. But, like, if everyone's out and about and we're not, like, taking it serious and we're not, like, hibernating in our apartments, like, it's one thing to be out, like, in public, like, walking or taking a cycle, but, like, public transit's a cesspool of, like, potential contagions and shit. Like, it's weird. It's, like, for me, I'm going to go out only if I can walk somewhere right now or I can cycle somewhere because, like, I don't think I should take the bus in the next little while, you know? Which really sucks for me because I don't have a choice but to take public transit. Like, yeah. I was having the conversation with my dad and he was saying the same thing. Like, we should take precautions. We shouldn't, like, let this affect our lives and really go into panic mode. But, like, we should be a little bit more cautious. We should be a little bit more of this. And I'm just kind of sitting there like, look, uh, given my certain circumstances, uh, I don't have a choice. Like, I'm you on buses this. and metros. But then like, it's like, which is fair. So for people <clears throat> like me who have the choice, we all should be choosing to stay home. Uh, like... I guess I if, mean, granted, if I stay home after work like this. Like I no, haven't left I my mean, house like all week instead of like today. But like, and then even then, he walks here, so it's like it's yeah. a little safer. But if it gets to the point, we may not even be able to travel or whatnot. So a lot of industries is gonna take a hit. Shit like movie theaters, shit like uh, we're fucking closing down. Well, like uh, sports facilities, like the NHL might still have games going on. All the sports tournaments are closing, and like here's the thing, like it's all like. Like, it, it looks kind of like one way in terms of it being kind of reactionary, but like, I think once all our grandparents start, start like actually dying and it like really starts happening here, everyone's tune's gonna shift, right? And if we can slow down the rate of in infection, cause like it's, it's going to happen is what I understand it. Like, it's not an if, it's more like- Just a matter of time. It's happening. And we can either <clears throat> wash our hands like motherfuckers and lice all our phones and 
try not to touch our faces and like take the shit mad serious and like you know what like i don't know if i have to cancel my show then that is probably what has to happen if i have to keep if i can we can and in the next couple of days shit looks a little different i don't know but realistically it's gonna get worse in the next few days if everyone's right and we're gonna see like if by like wednesday there's over 100 cases in quebec i promise you like we're gonna be shut down because that shit means that like if they've diagnosed 100 there's probably like a another thousand out there that are like legit cases that will only get diagnosed a few days later because this shit is like transmittable up to like two weeks before it's symptomatic meaning that like by the time you feel it and you go get sick you probably already contaminated a bunch of motherfuckers and so yes you can compare it to flus and death rates but when you run the math what's likely to happen is that unlike the flu where not everybody gets infected to a point where the hospitals get over flooded this coronavirus is going to smack us so hard that we're going to have so many fucking sick people at one time that it becomes the choice of do you save the 48 year old man with like maybe a little bit of a heart condition or do you save grandpa like that like 78 year old grandpa and when doctor will choose young person or whatever it is maybe not with heart conditions i don't fuck i'm not a doctor i just know that they're gonna have to make these choices and it will get to that point if we allow it to spread it this like exponential rate on that note we have toilet paper so to back to the economy question i think that a lot of people might have a lot of situations where uh they have money issues with this caveat of how canada and quebec in particular are both going to do stuff like throw a lot of money at the situation in terms of stimulus packages and so it could end up being like all our rent gets waived or maybe there's not surcharges or maybe the internet gets free or things like that will happen to mitigate the situation but what i would say is like a lot of entertainment driven industries are going to suffer but it's also an opportunity as you may know, I am a huge fan of virtual reality. As much as the live rave scene in China took a hit, the virtual reality rave scene was birthed. And like there is these new opportunities. So it's like maybe we cannot throw a show at a bar on that day. Uh, so it creates this new market for stuff like throwing shows over the internet. So I think there will be an economic shift. I think it's going to show rich corporations that Working from home is less like distracting than working in an office and a few things along those lines where they're going to realize in a lot of ways, it's kind of business as usual for a lot of industries, especially in like the software world and in shit like your job, as much as even like you work in a call center. Right. So as much as it like, could even look a certain way. If they were to set you up with like a fucking computer and uh, well, I mean, they already have a program at my job that they're doing that. Most people are starting to do work from homes. So then they basically eliminate the need to have you in the office. They do one-on-ones over Skype calls. All well, they it. force you for my job. They uh, they do one-on-one -on -one over Skype calls. They have all these virtual ways of t contacting you, but they do force you to come in uh, for like coachings and stuff, like one-on-one -on -one actual like you have but to sit down with your boss let's and be really real. talk with them. If coronavirus kicks in, they in theory could have y'all working from homes. I mean, yeah, and they could all cover your well, shits. Well, actually, I mean, I guess that okay. So I don't know much about like the economic impact of it, but what I do understand is I guess it depends on the jobs or whatnot. Like, again, I was talking with my father and he was saying that for a company like his, he's only like 
let's say 30 employees that work at this like specific company right so if all 30 of them go home it's not like it's a big deal they can all work on their laptops and stuff but for somebody like me who works in a telecommunications call center it's more like you can't really set up you know 50 60 100 people all in one shot you're not correct you actually can if you have competent people organizing that stuff i've seen it done before in kind of my day job it used to be stuff like that and we worked with people in other countries so in theory we were doing a bunch of organizations for a large number of people that worked overseas there's actually entire ways to run your phones through internet systems they run it all in a way where it's all through your computer and all you need is a headset and an internet connection and effectively they can monitor you spy on you and do all the things they need to do okay. however does that mean your company set up for that i don't know right is it easy maybe not can it be technologically feasible in 2020 to operate entire call centers from home yeah certain companies in montreal have been doing that like uh electronic box or e-box whatever the fuck they're called now they're an internet provider their yep. call center agents don't work in an office they're all at home or scattered and yep. so i'm saying is what i predict is going to happen is a lot more of that a lot more of remotes i think this could be the beginning of the death of corporate real estates and because you know like these giant mega corporation campuses and shit, like they're not like feasible in in reality like they're all so like the big facebook campuses and all these like legendary quasi giant shits like it's it's like setting that up cost so much money when if instead you prime everybody for a virtual reality office space or Apple's going to working on setting up some shit where they'll mod your glasses for AR. And if you can have this kind of tech and then pay for somebody's Wi-Fi connection, it's like, you know, economically speaking, why would they continue building office spaces with corporates this and that when they could really reinvent the wheel and shave billions of dollars of costs i mean across across everything so i think this is basically the catalyst of the virtual era and honestly uh we're gonna figure out how to do this shit in vr because i have an oculus and uh, i'm gonna use it more now that i'm quarantined not quarantined honestly i'm not i'm fine for now but like I'm going to try to stay home a lot more, like, for the next 14, 16 days. If that's what Quebec needs and that's what we can do, then uh, for the most part, we'll do that. So if all goes well, we do our show on Friday, and that'll be the only fucking reason I go out. That's not the grocery store or the other stores that are important. I digress. We've done this for a quick minute. Let's move on into the episode. Um, So sorry about that if it took a while for y'all watching this. It's just, I don't know. There's a lot of toilet paper here, and I thought it would be fun to talk about this shit because it's a little bit real. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of what happened. So uh, before we get into it, special thanks to the patrons, Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prano, Jonathan Barnes, uh, Linda Williams, and uh, Scribble. They're dope. We'll touch on that at the end. And meanwhile, we can get into our little conversation where we talk about Jay Electronica's long-awaited new project. What's it called, Chris? A written testimony. All right, Chris, tell us about Jay Electronica and how well you know him and all that good stuff. A I don't. Intro bit. I don't know anything about Jay Electronica besides the fact that he's just well known. Um, I've heard his name from like certain podcasts and certain people that I listen to, but that's really it. I've never myself actually gone back or nothing. I was. Uh, listening to the Joe Budden podcast this morning. So apparently his song or album Exhibit C is like a really good a song. Thing. Okay. Yo, uh, our, our video on that got a couple of views since this new album came out. Nice. Uh, but 
but other than that, I know nothing about Jay Electronica. This is a first-time full review. So I know everybody and their brother kind of makes it sound like Jay Electronica is the greatest thing since sliced bread to ever touch a microphone in terms of what people describe as them. And I'm not trying to be facetious. I have not listened to them. I've heard a couple of tracks. Um, Bonnie did a video on his album uh, Exhibit C, and I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, I enjoyed the track. I could tell there's a level of depth in his art. I looked at some uh, reviews of him earlier, just kind of like what people would say about his synth, because I'm curious, right? Like he released the one album, Exhibit A or whatever, it was five tracks. People call it like a classic. It's like the greatest thing ever. And then there's been no necessarily like consistent releases in terms of albums or whatnot, as I understand it, until now with a written testimony that has jay-z on virtually every track and, it, and don't get me wrong i'm really into this album personally so i'm very happy to be we have it and that i got to listen to it but what really caught my attention was all the really old heads on my facebook were shouting this shit out in the stories like it was the greatest shit they'd ever heard and that got me super curious so i'm like chris gotta review this with you so uh for me it was a level of curiosity i didn't even know jay-z was on the album the first time i just knew that this album was highly anticipated and i've seen a lot of people talking a lot of shit on twitter about how this album was going to be a disappointment but i really didn't know what to expect i just knew that the guy's lyrical and whatnot so there you go introduction of my not knowing who jay Tronica is except that he's cool with jay-z and jay-z's around anyway i like the cover i like how it's all in arabic and he didn't write it in english um which makes sense as he's a nation of islam dude and he's uh, a muslim as i understand it so i think that's really cool of him to kind of portray it through that language and just kind of add that artistic element to it with that really beautiful picture that's on the cover it just makes me want to go wherever it is because i'm not really sure where it is but it's nice um it's a nice calming little photo I, I i like it i think it's um it's supposed to just be like an abstract type of photo that lets your mind wander a little bit um i don't know what it means and i don't know what the arabic writing is uh i'm pretty but, sure it's honestly the name right. of the album and it's like j electronica written testimony right um but I think it's a very simple album cover uh, just to be his. This is his debut album. So I think like he's just kind of making it more about the music and things and not about the artisticness of it, of the, of the project. Maybe I don't really know. It just seems very simple to me. Um, but I do like it. I, I like I like how the colors of it kind of really stand out in a way. Uh, I like how you got that weird um, water reflection type of going, but it also kind of looks like music sounds. Like if you've ever been on SoundCloud, you'll see like their music waves kind of match each other. So from a distance, you can kind of see that. So it looks like maybe music could be his life. Uh, the sounds and stuff like that could also be mm, that too. That's what I'm kind of seeing. I see what you're saying. Just from like the distance here, I kind of see it from the other side. That screen. is clever. Right? So it's pretty interesting, uh, just the, the, the creativeness behind it. But, uh, I mean, I don't have much uh, really to get off All of right. it. So we're going to try and get through this. It might be one part. It might be two parts. Who knows? It's the overwhelming event. I'm going to take this one. Go right ahead. Because Louis Farrakhan starts talking. Um and i was like oof that is fascinating like it made me instantly understand that this is going to be an album that definitely comes from the perspective of a nation of islam it's definitely going to i would say that when i reviewed jay-z's 444 there were a lot of concepts and things that went over my head and a lot of people in the comments were like this album isn't for you 
And I guess when I heard Louis Farrakhan talking there and I listened to what was being said, my first thoughts is I need to remember if there are things I do not understand or connect with, there is a good chance that this album maybe isn't intended for me as a white dude um, to be like connecting with it. But I also have, since 444 has come out, learned a tremendous amount about Nation of Islam, what it represents, uh, what it means. I've learned a lot about kind of just when he goes that the, the black people of America are the children of Israel and they, we are the choice of God. And, uh, and to us, he would deliver his promise. When I, when I hear that, maybe three or four years ago, I would have been like, blah, 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 whatever. But now I kind of like, I understand like the theological implications of those words and how like humanity starts in Africa and kind of spreads out of there and politicizes along the way and blah, et cetera, to the point where we get white Jesus, right? So all this stuff, kinda, now I'm kind of like, yo, why does white Jesus actually be Cesare Borgia? That's the truth. If you look into it, the modern image of Jesus is based on Cesare Borgia, who is such a cool and interesting character of fucking history. Like, I'm not saying he's a good guy. He's just an interesting character of history we're knowing about. A whole area, Pope Alexander the Sixth or whatever, that shit was some fire fucking drama that went down in Italy. But, like, there's a lot of whackness. So, when I hear who are the real children of Israel, I understand the implication is that the monotheistic projections of a lot of these religions as presented with the Jews and etc. Maybe, maybe not real. Uh, I'm not saying it's not real. I'm just kind of questioning the point, especially if so much of it is politicized and propagated and so much of it is whitewashed. And so, you know, he'd like to give an answer right away. And then he prefaces it and primes this with like any good lawyer in a courtroom and he tells you what he's going to prove. And then he goes on and proves it unless the jury made the decision. And then he kind of lays down that, you know, the real children of Israel, the real great kings, we'll call it like, you know, the empowered folk, I guess, if I'm stumbling through this i apologize are you know the black folk and i don't know how else to word that so my bad but i really appreciate the context because it also doubles over as saying with the point of this album i'm gonna lay down my testimony if you think about like the title of the album i'm gonna lay down my story i'm gonna explain who i am as a man and then by the end of the project you'll be able to make your decision are we the enlightened ones are we or are we not based on what has happened through my story and so i believe it is an extremely powerful thing like actually as i think about the introduction now because when i graded it first time i hadn't listened to the album so i didn't really know what the album's about but now that i listen to this and i, I think about how like powerfully impactful those chosen words are the fact that he chose louis farrakhan to come through and deliver that to to kind of reference the honorable elijah muhammad and to kind of bring in that perspective just to frame your mind it's just so eloquently done it's just so perfect and it's very much an if you know you know situation it's not meant for everyone right it's meant for the people who are going to be inspired by this shit and who need it and using his life in such a way i i, I honestly think this is a powerful introduction actually as to my ears it is fine it is uh, louis farrakhan speaking over a uh, beat and that is okay and the words he says is impassioned and powerful sonically it's fine 
Uh, would I bump this every single time? It would never be on my playlist. But at the same time, I don't know now that in the com- if we're going to listen to this album as a whole, which I recommend. It feels like the kind of project that should be like consumed. It's only 39 minutes. It's very digestible. Uh, it's a good way to start it. It's just so like nice. And to all those who want me to just play the track, Google copyright laws in 2020 and then uh, leave me alone. <clears throat> Go, Chris. How do you feel? Oh, 4.5 on 5. This shit's a fire way to start the album. Nice. Um, I liked how it built up this atmosphere. I liked how uh, with every uh, introduction on an album, I feel like it takes you out of your uh, mental state. and It takes you out of where you are currently and it brings you into the mind of the artists and the different things we're going to get. So I, th- I feel like this song did a really good job of it. Um, I kind of got excited for Louis Farrakhan just because it was a name that I remember when I was reading um, the autobiography of Malcolm X. So I was like, okay, it's going to be one of these albums that really is going to be touching upon uh, a lot of references and a lot of things that I definitely know I'm not going to know a lot about. Just going to get it out there in the beginning so you guys understand where I'm coming from on a lot of this project because I may not have much to say in terms of like references or metaphors or whatnot. But we can acknowledge the beat is nice and it's a beautiful sound actually absolutely so i'm gonna tell you all one thing too as we go into this before we like get into the tracks uh the first time i listened to this album was not my favorite time listening to this album it has significantly grown on me with each subsequent listen and there is a timelessness sound to the way this this thing comes in because you don't know when he said this right it's not like it's referencing a specific point in time it's more like taking an iconic figure of history and using their words to inspire a line of thought and that type of that type of move means that i think you can play this album in 10 years and based on the references used and things as we'll discuss along the way this this really creates a timeless feel to it and given the average watch time of our videos i thought i'd say that now before y'all click away um um, I did want to talk about a little bit um, the I don't want to waste any time. I asked the question, who are the real children of Israel? And I like to give the answer right away. I like how there is this kind of like, um, like I don't know. I want to say determination, but not determination, like just this, this confidence, this he knows the question. He knows the answer. He knows what the truth is. And I feel like this uh, little kind of sampled thing from Louis Farrakhan is also supposed to depict what um, Jay Electronica is going to be expressing as well. So I feel like we're getting a little bit of how Jay Electronica kind of moves through and kind of how he thinks that he's very confident about his words. He's very confident about his teachings and what he knows. So he wants to just kind of give you the answer without even a- asking for your kind of like your your rebuttal or your opinion so i did i did kind of like that that's what i got from there uh i did like when he said um the honorable elijah muhammad he said that the almighty god revealed to him uh no no and then we uh and they we are the choices of god into on us he would deliver his promises that's right i like how there's kind of hope there's belief there's this uh strong confidence and 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 belief that things are going to be better uh for black people for the black culture and the race so i did like kind of how we're getting that uh, um i guess solidification a little bit like just this is what we're going to be doing for this album so i did like that um i gave it a four on five i thought it was a nice way to start the album all right we're gonna move on to the first track track ghost of soldier slim all right so i'm gonna say this now in the beginning this album is very soulful in terms of its sound so on the one hand i appreciate how well made 
everything is like the production on this is pristine like you can listen to this track over and over and over again and like the beat doesn't get old it's not like it fades out but then there's the part where i'm not necessarily that into the sound of the beat because of preferences so i want to subjectively point out that I can't imagine myself really going out of my way to listen to this because I don't really necessarily connect to the deeper ethereal parts of the music, Cut. but it's based... So what I've also come to see as I've learned to love jazz over time is that's largely just based to an ignorance of a lot of the samples being used. Right. So I'm not connected to the source materials that were inspired and created this album, and I acknowledge that. But may I just say that as I listen to it over and over again, it presents this, gr this this groove and this vibe that I find entirely intoxicating. And it's to the point where maybe I wouldn't go to my way to seek it out personally as like a first thing. But if this came on, I would just, I just want to start dancing or something to it. Like it just makes my body kind of want to vibe and that's move so, in such a way. That's so Chris can attest to the fact that I walked, I, I went to go take a little pee break and I walked back in. I just started, fuck, you just couldn't help it. You started dancing because like it's got such a groove to it. And it's, I could see how you get that vibe. I see how, where you can get that feel from it. It does got this type of dancey energy to the song. But it's funny you said that because for me, I kind of get this like, um, you've watched Peaky Blinders. Yes. You've been in, you've, you've seen the scenes where they walk into like uh, London or whatever and they go to like that fancy bar. Yeah. Right. So I kind of feel like that, like just kind of loungy, old school, jazzy. The dude with the mic is there and he's just kind of singing and he's just kind of telling a story and you're there kind of just clinging glasses of whatever champagne whiskey and that's kind of what i see here is that it's more of this uh story this more of this uh um i want to say like a ceremony not a ceremony but like a uh what are those things there are people who come and talk for like fucking like one of those like uh, celebrations nah um i don't know what the word is one of those like workshops and let me help you be better conferences nah something else okay we they get the, anyway, point. the point is um i felt like it, we, he was trying to just show us something in this song instead of being more flashy and, and out there uh and i just kind of took this as like a learning lesson a little bit like sit back listen shut up and just enjoy the show a little bit um, so I think it's also worth noting that it's called the Ghost of Soldier Slim. Soldier Slim, who I've never heard of before, Genius told me, was an American rapper, and I say was, an American rapper and songwriter. He's apparently known for his U.S. number one hit, Slow Motion, by uh, Juvenile, uh, like J. Electronica. Soldier, S S Soldier Slim comes from the infamous Magnolia Projects in New Orleans, nope. and uh, Mr. Tap was so sorry. That's the government name of Soldier Slim was murdered. And so it's November 26, 2003, age 26 years old. So it's almost like they're kind of like, I guess, thinking about this. And it sets the theme of death, which is something that we are going to touch on more in the album. So right away, it's like kind of like what a power, like, like it's just powerful in the sense that it's like a heavy topic to come in. Um, and meanwhile, you have Louis Farrakhan starting off this track, almost continuing his speech. Uh, so all you scared to death, just sit down. Don't you come out to defend our enemy. You just sit down and shut up and tell your master to come out and deal with this. Which I took as a call towards um, black folk who maybe are in their minds kind of enraptured into the white man system 
You know, just they're like, don't get in the way. You know, instead, go tell your guy to come out. It's ready to show down. But these are these are not these are just specific people, right? Like the people who succumb to this like oppression or whatnot. So, well, I feel like you have the enlightened folk who right. understand the truth of the situation right. and view, I guess, the white man as devils and understand how it all came to be right. or how the system is laid out. And then, like, I recognize how ignorant I might come off to people who really understand these topics, but I believe I have a basic nuanced understanding of it enough to be like, I get where you're coming from, Louis Farrakhan. I don't know if that's a disrespectful thing. I feel like he's a name you just got to have respect on. Isn't or it Louis? It's definitely uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan. Definitely. Um, and if I'm wrong, I swear the comments are going to destroy me on that. <laughs> but, like, I'm pretty sure. Um he and uh, he's rapped his name like five times in the track album. Anyway, uh, so I but this is what he's kind of pointing out to me. It's like for those of you that are not willing to you know recognize the truth and come fight the good fight for the liberation for the empowerment of our people. It's like you know get out of the way and go tell them to come fucking fight us because the time is now. I just kind of took that charged nature and it makes me like I don't know. I feel like there's an empowering nature to what he's saying here. And then Jay-Z starts off, and I didn't know Jay-Z was on this album at first, and I'm like, oh, Jay-Z's there, that makes sense. And then uh, next time they bring the gods, in this case, gods I understand as black men, you're going to respect us. That little vest ain't going to do you. I shoot from neck up. Now, the way he says neck up, it sounds exactly like Mecca, right? He's like a homophone. For he's going to shoot you in the neck up, but he's shooting from Mecca. Mecca being a reference to the Islam world, being like, I think New York is Mecca. I might be wrong. I don't know a lot about the geographical U.S. versions of all of this, but... I thought that was fire, man. It's just like, next time you bring us up, you have to respect us because understanding, like, whatever, your little commentary, you come in with your bulletproofs and whatnot. You know, it's almost like a commentary on a bunch of people in the culture that are rapping a lifestyle, perhaps, that he doesn't necessarily approve of because it isn't real to him. Either way, pointing out the futility of it all. And just the way he, he says it, I shoot from Mecca. I just thought, it's like, you can't tell. It could be either. And I'm like, yo, Jay-Z is, is good. Like, and I didn't understand this the last time so we talked like at first when we started talking about Jay-Z on this channel but now I'm like yo from like that the way he just airily bounces off the beat just pinpointing every syllable into perfection to the way he rhymes it to the way he actually is double entendre here it's just that's two bars that's just the beginning of the track you don't, you don't agree? No, I do agree. I'm waiting for you to get to the Magnolia Slim part. Cause I ain't even trying to hold you. Magnolia Slim, I'm a soldier <clears throat> from the mode. I'm the ghost of him. Now, hold up. So, Magnolia Slim is a shout out to Slim uh, Slim Soldier. Or Soldier, soldier Slim, Slim. Right. Uh, and then he's also come as Soldier Slim comes from the Magnolia Projects. But isn't Magnolia the Magnolia tree that we learned from uh david banner's uh yeah, album and like the that and, is and like isn't that like the tree that i don't want to say anything but isn't that the tree that that's in the, the history one where the lynchings where, happened right okay thank you i don't so, know why we can't say lynchings chris we're i don't because i don't want to say something we're not promoting and, lynchings we're, it's not that it's just i don't i don't real I, history i don't i, I don't know some strange I don't say some shit and I'll, if you know it you can confirm it well, and look, then i'm okay and satisfied like, the point it, is I don't, that's I historical don't, shit it really happened there was definitely uh, i'm just saying I, I don't i didn't know i didn't that's i didn't what know the if strange, it was the magnolia tree that's or if what it was the strange else. fruit song is about the, anyway it's really sad shit how fucked up recent history is because not that long ago people act like it's a real long time ago it's not 
It's pretty fucking recent. So yeah. I thought that was really cool, just rooting the depth of that culture, the the and just the history behind. Oh my the, gosh! The word and then Magnolia. the way he follows it up to like more tapping into from the era of police stretch and no cameras catch it, drop you off in a rival hood, you rather be arrested. Which is for me bringing this idea of like what the environment looks like, what the projects look like, kind of like the mentality no, you but have. Like, but like, then also like, like just the threat level of that. Like I'm from an era where dog the cops was not your fear. Right. Okay. There was no cameras. We could do what we fucking wanted it's not right. like today i'm from an era where we would put you in an enemy hood right and get you fucked up right to the, that's just like i heard that and i'm like yo jay-z's jay-z knows some shit like jay-z you could just hear it like well even continuing in if you didn't have no straps you couldn't wear your necklace homie's hand around your throat that's a choker reference and just the idea of like if you weren't if you didn't now straps could have been a, re a reference to a gun uh you got to stay strapped and everything so if he didn't have his gun or whatnot you can't walk around with your necklace because you're gonna get robbed you're gonna get attacked or whatever um uh, i mean the verse kind of like just flows on and he basically goes on to describe a little bit more of the music uh, and how like the jim crow laws and systemic shit basically jack black culture you know, you stole soul music. That's the blood that goes through me. So you assuming I could never sell my soul. They sold, they sold it to me, which is a fair way. Jay-Z did manage to pimp the industry and never really kind of sold his soul, I could imagine. Um, and then, you know, I, I feel like it's really just powerful how he ends the verse as he kind of describes a little bit more. No civilization is conquered from the outside until it destroys itself from within, which is an interesting kind of little shot at modern society as it crumbles apart. But then when he goes, you can't talk like I talk because you ain't been where I've been, young. It's just an interesting, powerful slap up to people who are trying to portray a lifestyle that maybe Jay-Z understands intimately and maybe he can call the nuances of it. And while he can walk through and say some of these grandiose things is because he comes from a time when he did a lot. Like, this is truth for him and this is how he got to where he is. Right. Whereas a lot of people are trying to make it look cool and it's not real. And I think it's a eloquent way to floss the legitimacy of his claims but also to lay the context of his struggle and his story right like he's kind of contextualizing being in the hood and and how like throughout history people like his people have gone through some shit like it's not just like this shallow verse there's like this level of depth to it where i it think it's like there's this level of education of like instead of glorifying the idea of being in the hood and trying to live this life he's really trying to show you like there's some serious shit that actually goes down and um it's kind of this cool beat it flows through jay electronica comes through and i'll be honest with you the first couple of times i listened to jay electronica i was like what the fuck it's happened? hard it's, it's hard. not that it, okay it's fine maybe it's hard but I, my first reaction was like this is the hype this is the guy but then i really listened to him like really listen and i realized he's actually really tight like every syllable is on fucking point the way he rhymes is cool like he manipulates words and stuff but he's also like mad poetic like if it come from me and hove consider it quran if it come from any of those consider it haram and there you have like just kind of pointing out like we represent this legitimacy and other people that may be trying to present you this lifestyle are basically sin but he did it I mean, in a way that adheres to like the core tie-in of like his, his belief beliefs. system okay. laid out right off the jump you know the minaret that jigga built me on the dome of the rock which is fascinating because it's rock kind of nation. 
which also ties in like like there's a mecca in new york and now there's dome of rock which is another uh it's one of the three big um islamic symbols in the middle east it's located uh somewhere near jerusalem i think why because when i was in jerusalem i saw it uh like i didn't go to it because i'm not islamic uh so i didn't go i'm not a muslim i couldn't go there it was not a safe time i did go to the jewish shit so i saw the uh i got to go see the temple wall but you can literally like the second you hit jerusalem you just see the dome of the rock it's very shiny it's very like visible nice um anyway it was crafted so beautifully considered as a bond from a hard place and a rock to the rock nation of islam and i kind of like how it's like he's using this album as a vessel to be like the nation of islam empowering agent using the music to, to like push through the message to kind of educate like you said and i just think it's powerful like i emerged on the wave that title made to drop bombs and i'm like i like how he's just that's like when they say Sirach. <laughs> that's just like when they say Ciroc. Like, you know what you know what i'm gonna give him his credit though it does it is it was, nice to see how he's still like because he's still tying into that hip-hop world right so yes. first album debut representing it from no, he is and part the fact of that he's Nation like pushing and it and, pushing the, and it, the bar was good because i'm not like, trying to take away from the bar was good i just want to acknowledge how product pace placementy it really was <laughs> um i came to bang with the scholars and i bet you a rothschild i get a bang for my dollar and that's a cool line because like a rothschild's like a level of wealth like that's like saying i'll bet you a googleplex right or Google, I, I don't know how to say the science Google word. Plex. No, no, no. That is the science word, and then there's Google, and there, G O O G O L or some shit like that. Anyway, I like the rest of his verse. I don't know if there's like anything else that I thought was like super substantial. I'm trying to make sure we don't just talk about every lyric and it takes forever, and people give a shit for the album review taking too long. So I'd have to say I think the rapping is tight, and it really is like cohesive. Oh, so I kind of like on, it when he wait. goes. In fact, time equivalent to 10 raised to the power of I know what a Google, Google is, right? So then hold on, wait. So I, it sounds like this by Google voice sounding Googleplex. Okay, so it's a Googleplex. Anyway, I also like when he goes, you want it, I got it. Don't make me have to blast this rocket where it's like he- That's he, a shout out to somebody. Yeah, and uh, Genius says who it is, so I'll just click it and say it so we know it. Although It's a shout out to New Orleans rapper, BG Song, I want it. But I like the way it sounds, and I think it's cool because it's pointing on he's got something. Either it's the wealth inside of his soul, but also the wealth that could be materialistically around him. But I felt like it's almost like I'm living my life to a point where you want what I have. And if you try to take it, I got the gun and I'll blast you. I like how he says it. I like what he says. I just don't like how he said it. I, I love how it, he says it. it I like I like amazing. I like it's the one the, of my technique. favorite lines. I'll admit I like the technique and the way that he just, you know, uh I, you need it. I got it. I'm going to have to blast this rocket. Like the way that he holds the note is cool. It's just I don't know like it, I, I don't know. It just the first couple of times I was just like, eh. "Man, it was fire." Um to me, Three it was fires in a 100. No, for real, it was really good. Like I thought the way he did it, because it, it kind of like adds a, a spice of freshness into the verse, like deep in. Yeah. And he changes it up, and it's just the beat is alive like that too. Again, it's not my favorite sound in terms of what I would go to, but at the same time, I find this track extremely well crafted, enjoyable. I think the, the like it, I feel empowered listening to it, and I don't even think it was targeting me. I just feel like there's strength here. It's a 4.5 on five. I gave it a four on five. Let's talk about the blinding. 
This shit is just fire. This beat is just fire. Everything about this is fire. Three fires, 100. No, for real. I really enjoyed this, man. I, I just felt like this... Like, cause this is more in line with like a sound that I'm more comfortable yeah. with. It's got fucking Swiss beats, and if you have seen me talk about Swiss beats before, you know I really like them. I'm also familiar with Arab music sound, and like yeah. these guys are dudes who make like a style that I happen to really enjoy production wise. So, off the jump, this was set up to be one of the tracks that I was gonna be enjoying more, just on the the fucking banger yeah. sound. I really like how the artists go back and forth. I like how Jay Electronica and Jay Z go back and forth on uh, this. And they just cut each other it's, off like midline but seeming seamlessly like it's like, like it's just it's, so it's well just, done yeah like it doesn't even sound like it was produced it sounds like they're both in the booth and they're just kind of flowing off of each like, other's like you can vibe see and be like feeding. and like like just ready to like right. pop off off of like visual and cues the reason and I, and I just like how deeper it goes so i'm going to start off with verse one j electronica starts and goes once upon a time there was a little ute the, the cub of a lion, a stowed away captive a long way home from Zion. Now, I like how he's setting up this context of like, I kind of take it as like a kid. A kid, little cub, little youth. Uh, the yeah. lion is like him or Jay-Z. And the reason why I say Jay-Z is because following that, um, Jay-Z comes in and starts talking about his son named Sir, which is more, I'm more impressed on. No, but on hold up. Uh, that's a great way of pointing out that we are a stowed captive a long way from Zion. He's talking about like, I'm, uh, we came here as slaves. That's yeah. what he's implying yeah. there. Just to be clear, he's a big Kabbalion, you know, Zion. I, I may have like overlooked that because I may have not have caught that. I'm sorry. So I just wanted to make sure that we brought in the brilliance because like with it, I feel like it's possible to miss a lot of this if you're not down for the history of the situation. But it's also done in a way where you don't need the history to understand mm -hmm. the base level of it. But I feel like, again, it's, it's so tapping into a certain experience. I did like the Dove Prince sang about in Purple Rain crying. I like how he did the Prince shout out. That was really cool to and, me and then uh to the midget you heard tail on the shoulders of a giant i didn't get that line at all mm. that's cool it sounded good though the way he wraps it but then jay-z cuts him off listen but i think uh, hold on just to interpret right like to the midget you heard tail of on the shoulders of a giant it still kind of feels like somebody's youth or kid or, right, or, or right, something right, right, looking right. over because the giant you know carrying the little person the midget or whatnot it's like you you see this type of guardian type of just this just this like this mythological creature type idea go on and then i just love the way jay-z does it like listen i named my son sir so i googled it he did name his son yep. sir so you gotta call my son sir and that's that's really empowering i never thought of it like yep. imagine <coughs> in theory all these white people that he's going to encounter that are forced to call this young man sir for his entire life so he yep. grows up with this feeling you know that boy already but it's not knighted. just a feeling he it's this uh, romper i kind of i kind of thought about it and i was like jay-z did more than just give his son a feeling he gave him power yeah and not even more than that he he crippled he kind of crippled the world because you have no like his name is sir exactly so like you you even though you don't want even though like even if he's in trouble even if he like you know fucks around at school or whatnot gets in shit or detention it's you like, still I'm gonna have, have to, to give you a suspension sir exactly and it also shows sir kinda, like how could you go ahead <laughs> right but it also kind of i feel like it also kind of shows that like you know 
this is respect. This is then, respect within humans. But what this I is love also people. is just right after that, how Jay Electronica almost takes that same concept and like flips it on his head. Oh, you speaking on the kingdom? You better watch your tongue, sir. I send you where you never been. You forget where I'm from, sir. So now the sir becomes almost a weapon. Right. And it's attacking back like this. Like he's now speaking to the people who expect to be called sir with this right. like fucking vengeance in Which it. is crazy because like the expectation to be called sir and then Jay-Z is forced you to call his son sir which is just, it's just it's, insane it's, it's like this is some like deeper shit that i don't think a lot of people really bring up like honestly when was the last time you had a conversation about honestly, the likelihood of calling somebody sir or not honestly this is why and i just want to take a second to praise behind that suit and praise you for a moment i don't know why this i'm praising is, me move on well no it's just because this is why i like having these these talks and conversations because there's a lot that i get now reviewing it with you and having the conversation than i did by myself that's all that, I want to that's say. fair um, but either way, it is about Jay Z and Jay Electronica. Of course, being of course. Amazing people putting out some shit because without them forcing me to think about shits, so, you know, we would never even have these conversations. And that's why I think this album's kind of brilliant. I've noticed a lot of these albums. I don't find I listen to them a lot, but when I listen to them, I always end up thinking and having like deeper epiphanies of life and shit. So there's a lot of value in these like tra like like to pimp a butterfly as an example. It's not an album I can put on every day, but when I put it on, it makes you feel some shit, and I think that's really cool. And I feel like we're tapping into that territory with this project because maybe maybe a lot of people might not like it but i don't know man i'm hearing some powerful like ideas and on top of that the rapping has like an attitude and a flair to it that just hits this beat delightfully how did you feel about travis scott i liked him i, I did it i liked his minimalism there i feel <clears throat> like I, I i actually said to myself i wonder how much travis scott made to say blinding blinded by the light see the stars in our sun i just wanted to know how much money this dude is gonna bank off of that because i was curious on that front but i thought he's cool i like him in these weird ethereal hooks i like them when they fuck up his voice with auto-tune and shit he's an artist like that his use of auto-tune is brilliant so to me it just kind of fit right it, it felt as big as they're trying to like put it out or like it's the return of mr shakur spitting on phlegm at paparazzi that's my new style and then having travis scott come in and just drop the new style of music in the middle of this okay. track okay okay yeah this shit is okay. pieced together so threaded who put this shit together he the glue not not travis scott i'm talking about jay electronica that's right i did do that next verse is pretty good too um i let the gift that keeps giving like babushkas kush crushed up in the yeah, studio part rolling was, cake push i'm not I gonna just, lie that like that, that was he sounds good i'm like that's not as fun to me as the next line extra extra is mr headlines who signed every contract and missed the deadlines and you're like yeah you oh, did do that years 40 days 40 nights trying to live up to the hype and that's that's cool because now it's like in light of all that delay he puts himself this like really big challenge of a significant like 40 days and 40 nights is a numerical significance i couldn't but, explain to that number but it means something he bangs that shit out and he gets the album out on time <laughs> no delays could be like because a lot of people look at his last album and revere it as like a super classic, right? It's like an EP. I wouldn't call it like a full <coughs> album. This would be his first album. That shit was like 15 minutes. But like... But, but yeah, like, like they call it a supreme classic. That could classic. also be... <laughs> the 40 days and 40 nights could also be him expressing like his, nah. his anxiety with it and not being able to make good music as 
his first EP or whatnot. I feel like it was more the process took this long, like kind of like Jesus was in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, okay. you know, some shit like that. I don't know if it's that. I'm just saying, I feel like it's more in that vein. Anyway, Hove I like hit how him he up. addressed, yeah, how Hove hit him up. What you scared of of heights? I uh, know your sister tired of working, got to do her something nice. I like how he he does that because it's showing him like he's doing this rap game for more than just himself. Uh, and he's kind of spreading that knowledge and that wisdom to other people, to Jay Electronica, like, yo, this isn't just about you. This is about other people that we look at and respect and love and care for. Um, and then apparently he's like, I'm like, don't you know I stay up for Fallon late nights? Which I felt was like, Does I he, get is he, it. Is he on the Fallon show? No, it's it's late night. Like he's, he's basically saying because Fallon plays late at night, he's staying up late to make all this money. No sleep gang. It's his creative way of saying like, I don't sleep. I put in all the work and na 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 na. That's why he's responding and he's like, doesn't he know I stay up late for Fallon late nights? Like he's, he's staying up till the late hours of night working that he can catch Fallon late at night. Fair. I feel like it's an interesting idea how he almost takes like the rest of the verse to almost dedicate the purpose to drive him as something bigger than himself, like mm -hmm. to be there and to provide. And then there's another like, uh, uh, then the song, no, this one kind of ends pretty abruptly and doesn't have a crazy outro. Because one of the things that I felt like was a bit hard was the end of these instrumentals that are so eloquently put together that yeah. I'm not feeling. But I felt this one. This shit's a five on five. This, shot, this is a great song. Like great, like Tony the Tiger great. I ended up giving this one a four on five. All right, so let's move on to another song that has Jay-Z on it. It's called- the They Never all have Jay-Z on no, it, except for that one. That means not all. So the never ending story. Chris is formally requested to go first and get his thoughts out of the way. So I will now shut up. Um, so I don't particularly like this song. Uh, the rapping capability of both of them is good. I like how they're like kind of connecting their words and flowing it. But it just was so soft and so slow and just boring to me. I don't, I didn't get into it. I didn't, I couldn't really just, I tried to find the bop. I tried to find like what he was trying to do. And I just wasn't really, really uh, feeling it that much. Uh, Jay Electronica is really great at like, what I think he did is tell a story in his verse, which I did appreciate. But in a sense, I didn't really, and that could just be me not understanding or not really capturing everything I should. Uh, something I did like from Jay-Z though was when he said, they'll cut off the nose to spite their face. They'll steal you, Jesus, I can't tell. Haiti White, the blue-eyed version is make-believe stuff. Um, but he's referencing something where like the story kind of starts in Egypt and it was something that I, I recently looked at. He's saying that his family members basically... No, in Jay-Z's verse. Yeah, but he's talking. Okay, so St. Hope's story takes place in ancient Egypt. They'll cut their nose out despite their face to steal your the Jesus. Sphinx. The Sphinx has the nose <clears throat> removed, and it was from another... I don't know what album it was from. I think it was either G. Erbos or somebody else's that I've done recently. Um, there was this idea that the Sphinx kind of looked like black people, mm. um, and they removed the nose so that you couldn't tell it was a black person, that you couldn't actually think, and they took okay. away their power. That's uh, what I'm trying to say. And I, and I uh, Okay, so they cut out the power to significant symbols such as right. the Sphinx in the same way that Jesus was black and they stole Jesus and made him white. But if he proceeds to go tell his older relatives that the blue-eyed version is make-believe, him and Miss Tina are going to throw him out the sun and they can't handle that kind of truth based on the way that their whole life is. Um, 
Um, exactly. That's and just and then just, he makes just well, hold to on, just up. to wrap it up. Yeah, just they to wrap it up. They both had straightened combs. Little did they know I hold the heat next. Neither uh, two can be used to fix their defects. So they have combs and like heats, you know, shit that they would use to fix their hair. Yeah. Whereas Jay Z's packing heats and stuff, and they're both trying to fix their defects. You know, the the capital mm-hmm. situation or the literal aesthetics, and just the way he could make that kind of comparison between physical aesthetics and packing heat is just like damn it's like showing the struggle is real and the way multiple people in different levels of life are kind of effectively try to fix themselves to follow it up p.s photoshop fixing defects oh shit p.s continuing on the letter oh shit we born perfect fuck all the bs that's all the bullshit that was pretty straightforward you guys knew it and man i was just having fun just to I, wrap up my whole thing because i don't have much else to say and i'm not going to sit here defending why i don't like it i gave it you a don't 3. have to 6. like it that's, it that's a garbage grade for something so brilliant yeah. okay fine um but i just thought like even on the poetry that we just dropped in bars it's an automatic four so chris is wrong because like how could you not like that photoshop bar the commentary on the corrective nature of life at that level whether it's photoshopping guns or aesthetic beauty because you don't think people don't photoshop fat stacks of cash to look fucking cool and shit i agree man it's just brilliant the lyrical ability is great i just don't the flow is great overall the mixing and mastering is pretty fucking great like this shit is potential grammy contending in terms of like i will not be shocked if this is up for best rap album next year um and then, uh, J- and then maybe Jay Z will will get one, and he won't be zero for eight. Fuck, <laughs> tell the Grammys, fuck that zero for eight shit. Have you ever seen a crowd going? That's one of my favorite tracks. Now I like Ape shit a lot. You know, I want to like perform it one day, and I want to just do Quavo's part. Like I want Beyonce to be there, and I want to be like scoot, 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 and that's it. That's my only. That's oh, that's one of my new bucket list dreams in life, to be Quavo while they perform that song all right continue with your review is quavo not a great addition to that track pass it pass it hey hey. (laughs) it's so good um anyway i just i really liked how jay electronic is verse to be honest was more of like this story of himself kind of rising up and shit it's really powerful to me because i kind of felt like like look i come from some poor and i'm trying to rise up so even if maybe i don't connect to every part of it there are parts of this that i like have you ever heard the tale of the noblest the gentleman who rose up from squalor i'll be real with y'all i move from some i'm moving my way in the middle class trying to climb my way up there maybe it takes another decade but i promise you i will be a gentleman who rose from squalor one day and the way he rhymes tale of with squalor like he rhymes those things and i'm just like how the fuck did he do that and it was really one of the more it was one of the more impressive verbal gymnastics on this project and i want to draw attention to it tall dark and decked out in customary regalia and i'm like what did he just say fucking regalia too and he did he's a he's a poet motherfuckers uh smelling like paraphernalia and i'm like yeah yeah i feel you and i'm relating a little bit more you know what i'm saying hailing from the home of mahalia and i'm like nope i don't know about that line that's <laughs> no more where, relations that's where i'm like we're uh parting ways in my ability to connect a little bit but it's just the way he rhymed it and flowed it was beautiful 
how like he's not the guy who likes raspberry beret by prince he likes the more meaningful and introspective sometimes it snows in april on his introspective track very cool um so he's brought up by the faithful in a cage of every unclean bird ungrateful and hateful the legend of the clandestine reverend from the bricks when the master's grip to pull the sleeping giant out the ditch so it's like right there the way he words like being almost like a guy involved in a certain lifestyle whilst being surrounded by these holy christians and good peoples and shit it's just powerful i didn't have to wiggle my nose like bewitched which is a cool line because bewitched gives you a certain imagery you know i know what it is it has witches so when i goes i jump shift up to six convert the v4 to a broomstick you're just like oof that like the way he's layering his language is just really effective like i don't feel like i need to necessarily explain it it's not like it's overly complex it's just it's really impressive how much he's able to paint this picture like layer by layer these random like honestly how the fuck did he bring up wiggling his nose in the middle of kind of talking about a harsher frame of life you dropping a gun line in the next fucking line that's some real shit to be able to pull that off so eloquently i've seen bewitch the movies yeah but like i know how he's connecting it i know but the fact that he managed to make that hard fair that's cool that's like a real thing, you know? I was born to lock horns. So, or another one. If you want to be a ma- So he goes, though I carry through the valley of death, my Lord give me pasture. If you want to be a master in life, you must submit to a master. So he's submitting to the Lord. I was born to lock horns with the devil. Well, not at just the brink that. of I hereafter. So like the devil he's... here, I think, is the white man. Well, I kind of think he's saying, like, you got to submit to a master. Like, you got to, like, if you have an idol or you have, like, a mentor, you have to kind of. Yeah, but of, you know, I mean, I think that's definitely part of it. But I think it's also having humility within your soul, because the truth is, look who you're going against, you know, and he's kind of putting it out and he just continues to rhyme it on through. There's so many. It's just this great flow. I mean, I, without going through it all line by line, it just is continually powerful. The one line I think is not eloquently delivered is when he goes from the honorable minister, Louis Farrakhan, that one lyric, I feel like it's a sloppy delivery compared to literally everything on this. And I'm saying for the whole album that is the one lyric i thought was a little sloppy not because he says his name but just how it came out but then right after he just brings in one of the coolest lines man to serge gainsburg or madonna or a podcast on piranhas what a time we live in and just like the scripture says earthquakes fires and plagues the resurrection of the dead and i thought that was fascinating because he's just dropping in some shit that's true from biblical prophecies and whatnot and i, I really enjoyed that and then you know jay-z's verse we already discussed and so i was just left with this incredible feeling of again this is a powerful track and there's even like pages that flip before jay-z does a bar about flipping pages like it's so well thought out and detailed i get this a 4.5 is it my favorite track is it something that's like i'm gonna rush to in my life no but when I put this project on one day, when I'm feeling like listening to it, by the time I get here, I'm going to be completely feeling it because it is so good in the context of this album. So, yeah, I like it a lot. Um, anyway, let's talk about some ditties with that shiny suit theory. All right. I'm not even going to lie. When we got to this beat, I was feeling a little bit more like Chris was on the last couple in terms of i I like this beat i don't think i'm a thousand percent sold on the beat so please excuse the fact that i dropped my grade to a 4.35 for this track it is literally just my enjoyment of the beat do i think it is equally well composed yes do i think that jay electronica is a brilliant on production because he made this one 
absolutely i think it's really cool i also think it's noteworthy that this track is like almost 10 years old and was supposed to be on act two and whatnot so i thought that was interesting that it got released now on this album uh i don't have any opinions on it i just thought that was a fun quirky little ta uh, factoid about this track what do you think about it I thought it was a cool song. Uh, I really like the beat. I like the the pianos and behind and behind layered through the the instrumental. I thought that was a nice little sound. I did enjoy just kind of how they're addressing certain feels that they have. And Jay Electronica does a really great job on the chorus right off. So uh, it kind of starts off in the intro one two one two yeah uh uh yeah just really simple. We get kind of just. Like, it, it sounds like this is, like, a weird radio track in a way, just kind of getting you in this vibe, which I did enjoy. Fair enough. Jay Electronica on the chorus um, comes in and he goes, I'm sailing on the cloud, they trail him below. My strength told me it's a feeling they'll never know. I pack up all my sins and I wear them to the show and let him go, let him go, let him go, let him go. And I like how here he's addressing, I kind of feel like he's trying to say that he's in a different life than everyone else and they won't understand what he's going through because they're not there. And it's kind of just, for me, it kind of felt a little bit straightforward. Like, I'm trying to express to you guys and show you guys what I deal with. Um, the way he goes, I pack up all my sins and wear them to the show. It's like he's really going on stage and just showing his pain, showing his traumas, and just trying to give you his thoughts and just really be re as real as possible, which I did enjoy that. Um, and I like how he just kind of loops that together again the second part of the chorus he just kind of changes up uh the other part where he kind of lets us know that he's like smoking weed and kind of i think uses that to cope with a lot of what he's dealing with um but then we get into the choruses which a lot of it i probably have missed um we just talked about the choruses and i meant the there. first one i meant i mean the one. choruses fly i like it because i mean as a, if, if everything else on this album was in fact written in 40 days and 40 nights it is distinctly noticeable how much this chorus feels different than a lot of what this project is because i don't think we get a lot of choruses like this right. i don't think we get any more from jay electronica i might be wrong we'll find out as we get through the rest of the album so i like the way it bounces off that and it does set up the track and then you know he just comes through in a land before time a land before which is great because further up a Land Before Time is a great dinosaur movie. Yes, it is. Just throwing it out there. A Land Before Altar Boys, Synagogues, and Shrines, Man was in his prime. Look how far I go in time just to start a rhyme. So it's like he's shouting back to like the place of where man was at and its success almost before politicized organized religions and shit kind of fucked everything up. Uh, the method is sublime. You get blessed with every line. So it's like he's just kind of showing you that through history and whatnot, he can kind of raise you up and shit. Um, I like when he goes... The melanated carbon dated phantom of the chakras because it's just kind of cool you just you just feel like it's like a, i feel like a black ghost just kind of mm -hmm. killing it mm -hmm. uh me and puffy was chilling in miami he said fuck the underground you need to win a grammy for your mama and your family they need to see you shined up which and, i also still like that idea of still doing this for other people like there's this bigger mentality yeah. that you can't be selfish it's in like this game. you're being selfish trying to be this little underground person if you really want to make an impact take your position and your talent and win that grammy make sure your people's fed your family's taking care of etc i like how he goes what are you scared of terrorize these artificial rap people and spread love pollinate the earbuds like you're supposed to spit it for the culture pay no attention to the critics and the vultures and i like that because it's saying like go out there and do you 
you're got an essence to you a power that is beneficial to the world and also like how it's called shiny suit theory like it's puff daddy or diddy's theory because when you think shiny suits everybody thinks puff daddy's era in the 90s and the flashiness but what he was trying to do there was to elevate hip-hop culture so a lot of people it's so easy to make fun of puff daddy in that era but think about it like he put this grandiose nature he got all these hip-hop artists placed in these big hollywood production movies and stuff he helped move hip-hop to the mainstream place it is today it's almost like without puff daddy we really wouldn't be sitting here having this podcast if you really do all the links of history and stuff right so it's kind of like saying think as big turn yourself into a cultural icon that's what i kind of took from that don't let people phase you you know then uh you know i like it when he goes uh they cast in judgment because they feel they got the right to fuck him i let him uh, let the dice roll like the father did i got a shine it's in my blood i'm a harlem kid i treat my babies right treat my lady's lady right hit him with a remix to make sure that they play me twice which is a good another nod to pot, uh, puff there and i kind of like how he's like look man i'm a i come from harlem i'm gonna bring that mentality i'm gonna do it i'm gonna take that risk and i'm gonna be respectful treat everyone properly and then how puff daddy blatantly just released a remix album to re-release all his songs like a blatant i'm gonna make you buy it a second time like almost laughing at people in how upfront he was doing it and then just kind of again like drop this drop the remix get the, anyway uh old town road effectively owned the charts on remixes because remixes count against the original spins of the chart positioning anyway then we get j electronica's verse then and then we get I did want to. I did want to talk about uh, just the beginning, the the end of the first verse where he goes, hit them with the remix and make sure they play twice. I thought you said they went black kings, luxurious homes, fur coats, and fat chains. But for me, it's like we kind of look at rappers and hip hop artists like this, and they're all kind of representing these big chains and fur coats and these mm. lavish lives. But you know, a lot of people may judge them or talk about them or kind of hate on them for that. But I also kind of go, isn't that what a king is supposed to be, though? Like, when we think about royalty and we think about, like, Skyrim times or whatever, you know, medieval times, you're thinking, like, well, this motherfucker was running around with a diamond-encrusted hat. Like, you know, like a crown. And then and, and he got, like, a cape and shit. Like, why is this so different? That was something that was really, really cool. Kind of, like bringing back this idea of like yo we've been true to like this idea of being kings and like we're really showing you what like royalty is nowadays and like what we kind of consider it to be yeah and then jay-z comes through and kind of really i think exemplifies on that you know in this manila envelope the results of my insanity quacks it across the line between real life and fantasy Can which i thought was really cool because i got bohemian rhapsody like Anyway, uh, can it be the same one on the covers with Warren Buffett? We duck in the undercovers with Warren with motherfuckers. Went from Warren to Warren undercovers to covers. If you believe in that sort of luck, your screws need adjusting. Which I like how he's addressing that this isn't luck. Like, like this is determination. You can go from having nothing to something if you just work hard enough for it. If you just do what you got to do and stay dedicated to it. Yeah. And he's just kind of like framing it like you can... Like, at the end of the day, it's like, I got everything now. And you need to kind of believe in yourself. And I really like how that's what he's doing. He's, like, using his life as, like, an example to follow where, yes, there's some complicated situations in the beginning. But, I mean, how many people really get to be in the presence of Warren Buffett? Like, that's nuts if you really think about it. Mm -hmm. 
And then he got Warren Buffett to like fucking do the fucking uh, hand thing, you know. Uh, went from, uh, if you believe in it, anyway, in a world of no justice and black ladies on the back of buses, I'm an immaculate conception of rappers slash hustlers. My God is so hard I can see, but it all falls perfect. I'm like autumn the trees, out of dock interrupted. He scribbled a prescription from Prozac. He said, take that for your mustard. And then, I'm, so anyway, he's basically great. It's fantastic. I'm going to have to say I agree with where he's coming from. I like what he says here. Boy, you but, must be off But just before that, it's almost like to, to recognize that he's coming... He, so it's not just that it's like he's coming from he's great in this world of racism and oppression and just the extra point of that anyway continue um boy you must be off your rocker if you think that you'll make it off the strip before they before they pock you now it's just kind of like the mecca line you were saying before i like how when he says pock it sounds like popia mm. but he's also referencing pock who got shot and got killed popped and, yeah yeah and I just it's pretty amazing and then it kind of flows it back to the end where it's like how could this nappy headed boyfriend of project be the apple of America's obsession you're totally disconnected with reality you don't believe in dreams since when did black men become kings and I think it's a fascinating question it's like how come I this billionaire black guy such, I think he's a billionaire now um <clears throat> How did I become this? Like, y'all technically hate me and shit. Y'all don't really believe in the streams of equality and things. When do we become kings? It's very weird. It's like almost like mocking the notion of what is perceived. Even though he's empowering and saying we are this, it's almost mocking the idea that other people are so fascinated with him in light of everything. I just thought it was really cool. I just And then you have the dream doing this part where he sounds okay. It's not my favorite. It's nice. And I gave it a 4.35, like I said. What'd you give it? I gave it a 4.2. Perfect. So let us move on to the next track on this project, which is called Universal Uni Soldier. I like this beat. I like the feel of this song. It's charged. It's like you're ready to fucking go and fuck up some shit, you know? I like that cinematic feel that we're getting, that like big movie anthem move. Especially with in. like that introduction where it's basically like this news reporter describing almost like who was there when the first, you know, nuclear bomb was dropped on Hiroshima and just kind of reporting on the atomic death it brought. Mm -hmm. And then he comes but in. But I like that, I, mean, I like that, um, that creativity and that like type of. Uh, imagery they're building like it's not they're 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 bringing up they're talking about historical event and they're also talking about things that you know we need to remember and people have died and there's like tragedy that's been going on and there's wars which is at the sub level but i also like how he's using this to contextualize him himself as like a legend as like a rapper and a super soldier rapper and all this but like in a very smart creative way like very just it's not kind of blatant out there it's really just we're giving you information and through the information we are also connecting to it and this is how we connect right which was nice uh go on um, i'm opening my phone i kind of liked how he starts it off with the arabic i mean bismillah apparently in the name of god the most gracious the most merciful um, I don't know. I'm not going to attempt to comment on what any of that means. I just thought it sounded kind of nice and like almost prayer-like in the way he puts it. I think that's the point, though. I think he's just, you know, iterating his um, his love and his belief for, for, for God, for Allah, for however you want to look at it. So it was really, I think that's just really what it is. And in terms of being like a universal soldier, right? Like because he is Islamic, it's like this is what he would say if he was a soldier. 
you know like you're praying you're praying to your god right. you're you're doing that so it, it fits well with the the idea of being this soldier is what i kind of took from him i mean i just like how it just starts like the son of the slaves true i started out as a peasant that's why i built my temple in Sol like solomon in the desert the lord is my rock i speed dial through salat my trials in the fiery crucible made me hot so it's like he recognized that he starts out a son of a slave like a peasant on the lowest end of life but he built his temple up he yep. built up his foundation yep. he went through the trials you know he glows uh from the embers of coal born with a touch of gold my mathematical theology of rhyming a touch of soul so it's like the way he takes all of this prime uh you know knowledge and funnels it through his art form he knows that it's going to be impactful and meaningful and how he's growing and one of my favorite lines on the album is he goes clutching that bowl stuff in my nose some of the cons they suffered for pros and it's like kind of referencing back when he did drugs and other such things to kind of elevate his mind and unlock poetry but it's a cons in terms of the negatives of his life that kind of fueled his art simultaneously his prose would be like to become a pro to become great but simultaneously the way he says prose meaning writing good uh what if like it's also this idea that he was surrounded by a bunch of people that he considers to be pros like professionals who are doing drugs and he's doing this to impress them absolutely is tying into that as well like it's all at the same time in a couple of lines i thought it was so brilliant quadruple entendre but then it's like my poetry is living like the god that i fall back on and all praise is due to allah for such an illustrious platform for the teachings that he honorable elijah muhammad's my backbone when i spit the children on the mothership's bow on a platform which i like how he's just he's staying true to this idea that the honorable elijah muhammad has helped him and i like how he's being very honest in his like uh saving in his uh finding himself i, I know there's a word well, that it's I'm more not like using, he's but... just being real with what he believes in this right. is this is what he believes in he's putting it out he's trying to almost like a prophet put down the truth into a message so that other people can hear it feel the empowerment and find their way to that kind of a lifestyle i really respect it you know the true history of jesus coming to age or a ski mask and glove to the masquerade i got rock on my shoulder and then this time rock is like a rock on my shoulder like god's holding him down but also how jay-z's holding him up like that you know i like the idea of i wore a ski mask and a glove to the masquerade like you know everybody wears their own type of masks and they hide behind their own pain but the one that he hides behind is one that's like i feel like stereotypical right. kind of like just this is what we're supposed to look like or this is how you guys portray us to look like or whatnot and then jay-z kind of comes through and points out like you know back when emory jones was catching a fed charge that was his drug partner back in the day he knew less about chesimar who is fucking um what's her name sorry joanne chesimar or asada shakur is a powerful activist and a significant figure um and so he's saying like i didn't know enough about like that side of my history but i could tell you all about public escobar and you know thinking i was the last one allah would lay his blessings on so he's in like the cesspool thinking the crack game is whatever obsessed with this life thinking god's forgotten him he was trying not to end up like tony in the restaurant so you have tony montana in the restaurant the scene where he breaks down or tony soprano and he gets capped at the end of the sopranos yeah and then he's like now i'm the general of the Geechee army what don't kill us make us stronger that's niches on me and I'm like, did he just drop a Nietzsche bar? That's fantastic. So he's like from a point of desperation and bad philosophies yeah. to like a more extreme understanding of the deeper nuances of the world. Like, Which also shows that like, you know, again, growth and that like want to be better and that want for different knowledge. Either way, I thought this track was really good. The way the beat comes through is very powerful. Uh, it's really enjoyable. And I give it another 4.5 on this album. 
I gave this song a 4.2. The next one is Flux Capacitor. I really like this one too. I don't. I, I like the it's ending. Got, like this hype beat the whole way through. I like the the callback from Jay Z at the beginning, uh, which is to Big L's 1992 track that I've never heard in my life called "Get the Gat." Thank you, genius, for your annotations. Sometimes they're helpful. Sometimes we get told you're full of shit, but this time I believe it's true. But I just like the way it's like to my uptown posse, you know, get the gat to my BK posse, and just shouting out some shit. Get the gat. It puts yourself in a perspective. Like it feels like. Like you're going back to another era in New York, or just the only way to survive, or whatever. Um, and then Jay Z starts to sob, and he's just fire, man. The way he rhymes this, the the, the more upbeat, kind of fast paced flow, I really enjoy it. Like you know, on a full time trip in the crib, look like Zaha Hadid did it. Nah, he different. Hope here to deliver you like Moses. So it's just the way he did that, like Moses. So it's indisputable. The lyrical and rapping capability amazing. is amazing. Like I can't even but emphasize this song, it enough does not give me That's that great. like tickling feeling that makes me like music. But Chris, it's indisputable fact that we tr- the chosen, okay? Not we're not asking you. It's an indisputable fact. No, you are asking. Jay Z and I are not asking Listen, you. Listen, you here. asked me to come over and have a discussion I, about this thing. My opinion a, matters on this show. That's fine, but it's an indisputable fact that we the chosen throwing rot nation brunches. That's a feast for non-believers. I created my own Easter, so I check. He's got a holiday in some colleges. There's like Jay Z stir or whatever. It's like fucked up. People like him that much because it is evidence for his reverence. So why would he not have a watch like a Saudi prince? And I'm like. That's a good point. I suppose if you're at a point in life where you have a holiday, you could look at it like it's arrogant. But man, they shut down the Louvre for a music video. They're in a good place in life, you know? Nice. I just really enjoyed how he's kind of flossing a bit. Like, you know, why would I sell out? I'm already rich. Don't make no sense. Got more money than Goodall. A whole NFL bench. Did it one-handed like Odell. Handcuffed to a jail. And I thought that was cool. He's like... I don't know how I have to sell out, guys. Like, I don't need money. I'm I'm Jay Z. I do what I want. Right. And then he like flows that. I could have. St- I would have stayed on the sidelines if they could have tackled the shit themselves. You backstabbers gonna turn me back to the OJ. He's not who you wanna see. He's not as sweet as the OJ. And I'm like, oof, because he's pointing out a little bit at people who kind of using his name and talking shit. He's like, yo, you don't want to piss me off because the old Jay's not a very nice guy. He'll kind of fuck you up. Go listen to Kill Jay-Z, if you know what I'm talking about. And then he's like kind of commenting on how people kind of want the old Jay back because the old Jay was kind of nice and everybody misses that shit before he went off his rocker. I thought that was a nice way to take a little sweet shot at Kanye West a little bit. Jesus King is a good album. Anyway, when I die, please don't tweet about my death. And he goes on basically like... I like uh, how we address that. Like, don't pretend like we were friends. The people who can go to my mom's crib, they're going to go do that. They don't actually have to go on fucking Twitter and get validation like that. Don't do me like that. But I like how he's addressing that. Like, don't use my death in your tweets to get likes and clicks to be, to be you know, clickbaity or publicy. Like, just, you know, respect my death. And then, Whatever, more in the way you have to, but leave my name out your mouth. Jay-Z comes back in on the hook, and the beat's kind of popping still. I'm still fucking bouncing in my mind. And then I kind of like Jay Electronica's uh, verse uh, in terms of his rapping. The beginning part's kind of a little jargony towards Nation of Islam-y stuff that I don't fully understand, but it sounds cool. I just don't really fully get it all. I didn't bother to Google it. Um, I don't know that he actually says anything in this particular verse that really spoke to me per se but i really enjoyed how he said all the things that didn't necessarily speak to me in any particular way 
I mean, he does say ROC stands strong like Sphinx do. You know, we talked about that, so it's cool. Like, but like, eh. And then I really like how the beat flips up at the end, and you got that Rihanna samples kind of chopped up, flowing it out, and creating like a great, a great experience. And to me, this is one of the shorter tracks on the album. It comes in, smacks in, does this thing, bounces up. It's a real flux capacitator. It's a 4.5 on 5 for me. It's a 3 on 5. I, I, the lyrical, again, the lyrical ability is great. The, the way they rap is good, but that doesn't like really. I expect them to be good rappers at this point. Jay Electron Jay Z I expect to be a good rapper, period. Jay Electronica has shown me that he does have certain abilities and certain things that he can do, and he's very talented, so I kind of expect him to be a good rapper. That's not what's holding down the song. That's gonna hold it down already. For me, I just don't like the beat. I don't like the way I, the I really like the beat. I didn't like the feel to it. I didn't like the way they mixed and mastered it. It just it wasn't really warm inside it was one of those like what the fuck am i listening to i don't know i gave it a three on five just kept it neutral all right let's talk about the the track that doesn't have jay-z on it it's, fruits ju of the spirit. it's just jay electronica it's called fruits of the spirit so i feel like this one's cool too it's basically like what we've been getting only a lot shorter uh just jay electronica i feel like the beats kind of nice the beats very nice like it just it smooths and it's really sets this tone of a flow of consciousness as if he were getting from the from the from the lyrics and from the way he presents this i, I like how the spanish off the jump you know, right. uh, you know, I snapped a track like the fingers of Thanos. Como también nosotros perdonamos a los que nos ofenden. And I'll be honest, I'm not that great, but this is a reference to the Lord's Prayer in Spanish, and the lines translate to, as we forgive those who offended us. So that's an interesting point. Like, with the power of Thanos, I haven't seen it, but I think he's powerful, and he can snap his fingers and do powerful shit. So then it's almost like godly in figure. Like, I haven't seen it yet. I'm not. It's all, I have a lot of Marvel movies to catch up on. It'll probably take me, like, half a year to catch up. Disney Plus could help you. I have better things to watch, like Altered Carbon. Anyway. Oh, yeah. How's good is it? It's good. Anyway, it's all love. All Wimbledon with the pen. And all I have in the world is my flag and my sword. I'm on a battlefield with the flag of my lord. And I'm just loving the fact that it's like he's out there ready to go with his, his lyrics, ready to write out what he has to to kind of bring it forward. Um, like I like just jumping ahead a bit. Um, like Vince Staples said, we just waiting in the water. My people out in Flint still bathing in the slaughter. Which I like the fact that he shouted out Vince Staples. I really, and I think it's just because I'm biased. I like Vince Staples. I, I like mean, he's very connection. talented. He is very talented. But I also like the fact that he's still pointing out that Flint's still a thing and we should care about her. Ice out here ripping families apart at the border. Satan struck Palestine with yet another mortar. And I'm like, this is all some real shit that's going on. Last from the reporters. Ass shots on the stripper poles for the eyes of my daughter. Hmm. And I just like how Which he's kind of... That, that was interesting to me because I like how he's kind of saying that they're, they're forced... You're kind of forcing my daughter to see these things. And to be this inspired is, by it and right. to like embrace this life. Like, this is exactly it. It's like everywhere we turn now, there's certain things that we can't even hide from our children. We can't even you know shelter them anymore because it's just so public so free to access and it's just so apparent everywhere and i liked how he addressed that, and that especially cool. on an album like this where he hasn't at all showcased any levels of that misogyny and in fact right. maybe has attacked the culture that would promote it it's almost like he's saying like we have to really take a look around at what's going on in the world 
look at the news. Look at the situation. This is what our kids are growing up in. You know, my train is so swing low, sweet chariot is just a great follow up line, right? Because I believe that's a reference to an, uh, the slavery. Swing low, yeah. sweet chariot. Yeah, that one. Blossom. Um, into the heart anyway, I'm, I'm butchering it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, just stop. My train is on schedule, but I had to take the Underground Railroad like Harriet. We the whole industry, every job. I parried it, my cross, I carried it, my Harriet thorn. Tupman, right? Whichever one was on the Underground Railroad. I'm right. Just, I think it's Harriet. Tupman. I think so too. Uh, but anyway, so his train's on schedule. I just like the fact that he's kind of like saying, I'm arriving now when I need to be here. I have dealt with the series of complications in my career to rise up. You know, like all paths lead to Lazarus, right? That's an interesting line because Jesus raises Lazarus back up from his point of badness. Um, and I just feel like this is his kind of little, like a little summary of like the whole album. Like I come from this place. And it's I Harriet Tubman. <coughs> Harriet Tubman was an American abol abolitionist and political activist born into slavery. Tubman escaped and subsequently made some 13 missions to rescue approximately 70 enslaved people, including family and friends, using the network of anti-slavery activists in safe houses known as the Underground Railroad. Thank you, Wikipedia. Yeah, and basically it just kind of looks like he's arriving here to use his music after he's gone through what he needed to to deliver the message that's important. And I, I like get, that. ultimately I'm giving this a 4.5. It's a good little ditty and it's just really powerful and it just kind of fits the same level of quality we've been receiving this whole album. I like the message of him just taking his own route in music and just really following what he believes in to gain to to like be able to allow himself to make this type of sound and make this type of project that he's making and he took his time. Um, you know, I feel like right now a lot of rappers feel pressure to have to get music out and stuff like that and just really keep going and stay stay like apparent and stay like in the limelight. But I think J Electronica is really just doing it for, you know, call it the culture, call it just the love of music or whatnot. He's really just doing it for himself. Okay, for himself in terms of being happy with the music. I'm not saying for the money or financial gain. I'm just saying like he took the time. I don't think for himself, but it's more to bring through his message through like a purity that's, you know, like more in that Right, regards. exactly, exactly. So I gave this a 4.5 on 5. I thought this was really, really cool. One of the highest marks I gave on this track, on this project so far. All right. Let's move on to a monstrously long track called Ezekiel's Wheel. This beat almost quite literally made me fall asleep. I fell asleep. Like I it's I don't know what they were going for in terms of energy here, but the way the clocking sounds and everything, it just kind of feels like some shit I would throw on to it's fall like asleep some, to. Some weird SMR type which is interesting because the next song has has like the whole reference to not being able to sleep spoilers yeah. but like in this regard it's like i it made it really really hard for me to focus on what was being said because it just kind of put me into this hypnotic trance honestly um I listened to this song a couple of times and I understand that hypnotic trance you're bringing up. Um, I feel like there's this uh, idea that you have to kind of sit through this song and really just zone in and zone out and listen to it over and over again so you can get bits and pieces of it at certain times. But I, 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 I don't have much. I honestly don't know what to say about this song because I kept falling asleep in and out of it. Uh, I like at one point... Uh, that was said they say it was it was 
They say it was gonna never happen, but I survived Neverland like the Jacksons. You never swallow slanderous lies for the devil's satisfaction. I still got my glitter gloves. I still got my glitter socks. Now I'm moonwalking on your couch with mini zippers on my jacket. I like uh, how J Electronica does that Michael Jackson shout out. Pay respects to that. But I also like how he's kind of showing like we went through the struggle. We, you know, we were told we weren't gonna make it. We were told we weren't ever gonna surpass this. And look where we're at now. We're 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 hitting different levels. We're looking at, you know, we represent iconic figures now. We're kind of in their shoes now. So that was cool. Um, I like when, I think this is Jay-Z. I ain't the type to let it slide or just ignore it. Uh, whatever you want to get it. Oh, no, this is still Jay Electronica. Uh, I ain't the type to let it slide or just ignore it. Whatever you want, get into it. My homie, I'm here for it. If I had a shot of say now the Ace of Spades is pouring. My vision's 2020, and I'm feeling, and this feeling is euphoric. Again, I kind of feel like he's expressing that he's dealing with some certain things, but in a celebratory way, he's drinking um, say and Ace of Spades. Now, I like say because that's from uh, Rory's part of say Palooza, and I really highly like Joe Budden podcast so shout out to them and everything like that i'm biased for some stupid reason uh but either than that like it's still this idea of just um you know he's he's kind of going through the motions i feel like he's expressing he's dealing with certain pains and traumas and he's trying he's drinking through the pain but at the same time he's also drinking these these drinks because he's celebrating the 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 achievements he made the successes that he's made so that's also really cool um i like when he goes i'm trying to catch a body no this is not a maybe it's definitely probably i'm gonna give you that wasabi i like how he's for me i kind of took it like he's not really gonna catch a body that kills somebody he's making that reference like i'm gonna kill the rap game so hard it's as if i'm catching a body which is really dope uh, i like when he uses the the wasabi term just because like i feel like he's indirectly saying that he's gonna bring the spice and this is the spice. This is the heat. Uh, if you've ever had a wasabi, it's really getting hot. So definitely uh, try that. The, I like what he goes. Then dump the clutch and wheelie down the highway. My debut album featuring Hove Man. That's a highway robbery. <sighs> All right. I want to have this discussion with you because I'm a little bit. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, I like how he rhymes and says that. But I think that as your debut album, I don't know, like having Jay-Z there is just more of a bigger cosign than it is to help you actually. I think it's like in the context of I'm at a point in my life where on my debut album, Jay-Z basically co-produced everything with me. That is a highway robbery. I am almost guaranteed to win off this shit. I was able to pull this out with my life. I'm a boss. I agree. I don't know. I don't know. You don't have to. I, I, that's, those are my thoughts. Fair enough. Uh, so with that, I ended up giving this song a four on five. Like I said, this is some type of weird like SMR thing. It's really slow. It's like six minutes long. Uh, it's uh, like Jay-Z has a chorus on here that he just, isn't this Jay-Z's chorus? Uh, I think he does it twice, two choruses, even on the next track. Well, but he just go, well, he goes like, sure, billion on me, feeling on me right now. They're talking to me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and your feelings. It was all right. He just kind of floss through like, I don't know. Like I said, this one I had a little bit more trouble getting into. Well, I gave it a four on five. All right. Um, I mean, like, it comes through and it kind of has this airy feeling. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Jay Z's hook. It's okay, it does its job. It's a hook. Um, I do like how Jay Electronica is consistent. You know, they say that was never going to happen, but I survived Neverland like the Jacksons. You never swallow slanderous lies for the devil's satisfaction. I still got my glitter gloves. I still got my glitter socks. Now I'm moonwalking on your couch with many zippers on my jacket. 
on Jay Cirque de Soleilica. I thought that was hilarious that he made a Cirque de fucking Soleil bar, showing how, as he's dressed up in his Michael Jackson getup, you know, kind of achieving this level of grandeur and greatness is like, you know, his new thing, that he's basically like an acrobatic performer coming through from the circus, which I thought was really interesting commentary on what he does in his life as a musician. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, overall, it's I just I don't know that I have as much I can really go through. I mean, I enjoyed the track, um, but I don't know what it's about that much. I do feel like it was more J Electronica centric, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the lyrics and I'm feeling like yeah, nothing is really like it, it didn't get like this whole thing. I thought it was fascinating how. I, I like the way he rapped out the I'm going to give it to you like that that wasabi look it could be the dance floor right in your building lobby it could be Lagos or Seattle or Chicago hotel lobby Grammy after party it's with Avi I'm down to catch a body so I like the tenacity where it's like he's willing to come through and do it and i kind of took it like if it came down to it it could mean a literal body if you cross him but at the same time it's more like He's just willing to win it. I like the way he rapped it a lot, but a lot of it was I had trouble paying attention. I'm not even lying to y'all. I just had trouble paying attention to this song um, because the beat made me very sleepy and it was long. And then the outro was really nice. So it wasn't like it was bad to listen to. It was just hard to focus on. The clock sounds and whatever, the like, it's just, I don't know. I think I might throw this shit on and go to sleep to one time. I gave it a 4.35. I don't dislike it. I just don't know that I had a lot of interest in it. Anyway, I guess that leaves us with one more on this album. And it is Apidta. A-P-I-D-T-A. This was sad. This is a very heavy album closer. Like, in terms of a lot of what we listen to, this album has had a lot of struggle. He's gone through a lot of things. He's achieved a level of success. And it's almost like this song is like, now that we've made it, what do we do considering... And then it goes into the concept of death here, you know? Uh, I like how Jay-Z does this chorus. Like, I got numbers in my phone that'll never ring again because Aladdin sent them home on the never... Uh, I got numbers on my phone that'll never ring again. And you're like, oh, shit. He's, like, like serious. Like, these are people... They're phone numbers of dead people who have been killed by... Di- any, I mean, he's, he's like 50 now, so he's also at that age where just through life, people start dying more and more as you but get I older. I think it's also like the memory of it too, because like, because I work in the cell phone industry, you know, once your number, if you are deceased and we shut down your account, your number goes back into a pool after like a couple, couple like a right. month or so, somebody else could actually end up using that number eventually. So it's not like that number doesn't really actually work. But it's like, like the idea never, of like, that person will never yeah, text you. Or, you that, know, that memory, have these that texts and the, so you have to like screenshot these memories so that, you know, if you lose the phone, you don't lose the numbers. Yeah, and, exactly. And just, and it's the idea of like, and it's interesting, right? Cause we couldn't do this all the time like we didn't have cell phones all the time that could take these type of photos and do this imagine like back then when he was losing families and friends and like, like how he would have I got to remember pager that, numbers man. that'll never right but like still like even a pager number it's not like it's not like you would have that direct no. number to call and hear that voice it's like you have to find a pay phone then call them then right. do this like but it's like just the overall idea like of how to personify the loss is in the list of phone numbers and yeah instead of people it's like to almost put it in a way where everyone can understand down to the little gen z folk um 
and I just like that. And then there's Emery Jones, who just has that singy part that I thought was really nice. I'm just vibing out right now, you know what I'm saying? Like, you feel me? Because it's so good, right? Because it's like, man, it's needed, you know what I mean? So it's like in the middle of all this, like, pain and dark thought, you have this little break to have something more spiritual. And then just the way Jay Electronica comes in heavy, like eyes fiery, cry tears to my diary. And I'm like, damn, that's hard, right? Like he's coming through at the end of his album about strength and overcoming and basically writes a verse about crying tears over the loss of people and the pain that he's going through. You know, sometimes a Zanny bar can't help you fight back the anxiety. I go to my Lord quietly, teardrops on our faces, teardrop. And that teardrops on our face is an interesting line, right? Because it reflects the, the death tattoos of people yep. you've lost also reflect the tears that come from the loss of all that but i mean it's also and then they become like waterfalls by the time they reach my laces so like it's just so many tears you know like it's just you feel him crying all the you almost feel the funerals and all the things that he's gone through you know yeah. and like when his mom dies and he just scrolls through her text and he's telling you that shit and like which is really like i think one of the hard-hitting parts on this album where i was just like everybody can kind of relate to that maybe not just like the mom passing but the idea oh, but, of, like, but it's even the mom passing it's like i now i get why you used to cry when we went down the street where your mom used to live and now i'm the one where i'm missing my mom just like you when you were missing your mom yeah. and thinking back to sleeping in their bed with their pajamas you know and it's just like it's such a human thing man it's like ending it with like death is hard and it's painful and and you can't sleep as well over mm-hmm. like the memories and the thoughts and I just thought this was like such a, a a way like it's like you win you get to the end of the battle and you're left with the memory of all the loss and death that you're faced with and I'm willing to bet that most people who have gone from an environment like that to a plane of success can possibly and probably follow up with their own version of exactly that like they have to sit there and look at the people they're not winning with and you know losing family like my grandmother's never gonna see anything else again and, and shit like that like yeah. i don't know man this was a very powerful it, it, the the title stands for all praises due to allah which is uh apparently a phrase used to express gratitude um and i think it's just interesting it's like to it's almost thank just to have a title like that to thank god um while dealing with death like to just yeah. appreciate his role in it all um i don't know this was just really like very impactful is what i felt i thought this was such a serious way to end the album but if you are talking about like a story uh of like something to connect to which is what i believe he's doing here i think that ending it on such a serious topic that maybe isn't explored so much is just yo it hurts yeah you know that shit it hurts that's that's the point of this song which is which is interesting because i think that there's not enough conversations of just the simplicity of it hurts like there's always why and this and that and you have to kind of go deeper and dig behind the different layers and it's like nah dude like it just literally is it hurts like as you said so yeah i'm left with thinking this is quite an incredible song and i gave it up i give it a four point uh five on five i mean sonically it is yeah, it's, it's suffering from a bit of the same, like, not my cup of tea sounds, per se. But I'm getting past that because I see how brilliant, important, and powerful this piece of art really is. I gave it a 4.215. I enjoyed it. So to, like, close this up, I gave Jay Electronica's A Written Testimony a 4.52 on 5. And I would, I would call this guy a little classic here. I, I would predict that 
This album doesn't reference anything that dates it. So like all the references are more about philosophical concepts, ideas, and historical elements that are just kind of bigger than now. Even Flint, Michigan. That shit's been noteworthy for like 30 or 40 years. Michael Moore made a documentary about Flint in like 1989. So that place has gotten the shit end of the stick for a real long time. I feel like the sounds used on this album tap into more of that ethereal musicology where it's not trend hoppy. He's just making a really meaningful, powerful art piece that like... You may not like every sound used, but I'm pretty sure that if we all listen to this album more and more, the more we listen to it, the more it'll grow on us. And it has that level of depth and replayability that a classic, a timeless classic brings to the table. And I think that the way they rap is is masterful. And I really believe that in five, six years, people are going to go back to this project and say it's very well made, regardless of what people are saying today, because I didn't read any of the reviews. So I don't even know if people liked it or not. Um, but I did. I really enjoyed this project. Um, um, do I know if this is worth 12 years of hype? I wasn't waiting that long. I waited a whole of a couple of weeks once I knew this album was coming. So for me, it was pretty awesome. I really am glad I, we talked about this. And uh, yeah, it was. I'm, I would recommend this to anybody that likes the more deeper conceptual side of hip hop. And kudos to Jay-Z for bringing this to life. I gave the album a 3.97 on 5. That was just the math behind it. It's like um, the fucking lowest grade ever. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I the album's good. The album's great. I like the lyrical ability. I like everything that was presented. But this is just isn't my preference. This isn't my vibe. This is very weird. There's a lot of weird things, and and by weird I mean the sounds, the beats, the feels, and the vibes. The lyrics are on point, but and also I think that I just don't understand a lot of it. That's just what I'm going to say about that. I, w I would definitely see the value in that. Like, if you don't necessarily understand the historical references being brought up in this album, it might be a little more challenging and complicated to catch the nuances and deaths. But if you really just even get past that and listen to just the raw acoustics, I think it's better than the grades you gave. But that's my opinion. Anyway, thank you all for watching. You can let us know what you think in the comments below. We totally appreciate you being here. We totally appreciate what you're going to say in advance. And then we'll answer you in the comments. You can like the video if you did like it you can subscribe to the channel for more content special thanks to the patrons ismail Dempsey, chris prado jonathan barnes uh linda williams and scribble they're dope support what we do get some album reviews out of us and all that good stuff so um we're trying to upgrade we got some stuff in the works we were, we're gonna throw a live show but the coronavirus is gonna mess that up and make me cancel it but it does mean that there's going to be some live events, music concerts, and possible live podcasts like this, but at a bar with people paying money to come show up and vibe. We don't know how it's going to work, but we're going to try to elevate so that we can create more of a culture and something bigger than just sitting in this apartment all the time. But guess what? This apartment's jacked, so for coronavirus times, we still good to go. We don't have to go anywhere. It's all here. Well, Chris can do stuff from his place. I'm good to go. Anyway, thank you all for being here with us. We make music. I got a new album I'm working on. The last ones are all on Spotify. Chris is on them. You should check it out. Let us know what you think. Anyway, live long and prosper, everyone. Make sure you sell that toilet paper. Oh, my God. It finally fell at the end. That is great.